Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 48. When you're a parent, you always are able to do something to help your kid. You know, maybe it's not a huge, gigantic thing that's going to turn everything around. You're not going to cure them with, you know, broccoli, but there's always something you can do. And yeah, don't let people boss you around and tell you, you know, find, do the research or work with a natural health person like me or some naturopath or something like there's people out there to help you and guide you. And it's more like they do it right. Like with a doctor, they give you medicine. That's not really you doing it, but with, you know, like with my clients, the parents are doing the work. Right. I'm giving you advice and I'm giving you guidance, but you actually have to do it. You actually have to do something. Yeah. And it's great. They, they light up and they're like, yeah, this wasn't even that bad. I was able to do it. And now, you know, little Gracie is doing well. I'm like, yeah, great. You're a mom. That's you can absolutely take care of your child because you're a mom. And that's our job. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. Today, my guest is Shauna. I have been really digging into the nutritionist side of ADHD, how it connects um, on some of my Instagram lives. I have been talking to nutritionists about binge eating. And today we're just going to look at overall nutrition, the type of foods that people should eat. How does it connect to ADHD? So I'm very excited about this topic. So Shauna, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and then why do you know so much about ADHD? Sure. So uh, my name is Shauna Hughes. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. I live in Canada. I live just outside Toronto and I work with kids. I was working with kids just in general, but now I focus on ADHD and helping parents develop a more balanced diet for their children. Uh, Sometimes we look at food sensitivities and cutting out certain things that might be triggers. Okay. Sometimes we just deal with uh, getting things a bit more balanced, maybe lowering the sugar, increasing some of the nutrients that are lacking because everything affects ADHD and food's no different. I mean, food affects everything pretty much. It's every single thing that could possibly yeah. be in health is affected by food. So yeah, so that's what I do. And um, I focus on ADHD and kids. So I do occasionally work with an adult, but um, I mainly it's with parents of uh, of kids with ADHD. Okay. Very good. So you actually, you and I had talked a little bit before this video. So my question to you is you do have a daughter that has been Mm -hmm. tested. Is that correct? So why did you decide to have your daughter tested for ADHD? Okay. So (laughs) she's always been very anxious as have I pretty much my whole life. I literally don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't a very fretful, just paranoid child. And I didn't stop when I grew up, unfortunately. And I just noticed from very early on, she was the same. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of worked on, you know, helping her develop some strategies to deal with that. I homeschooled her for a couple of years and she's been in a school now for three years. And it was her teachers brought to my attention that she, you know, I knew that she was anxious and they were like, yeah, she gets really anxious. She's, you know, she kind of shuts down when she gets overwhelmed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. And then they kind of sorted, hinting around, well, it's not just that, it's that she doesn't seem to be paying attention. Mm. She kind of goes off in her own world sometimes. And I'll ask her something literally twice and she'll be like, what? (laughs) And and I'm like, what are you trying to tell? You know, the teachers, they can't really say what they think, right? They're they're kind of like, we noticed this. And then there was another teacher that came on the interview and this was like a phone interview. And they were like, yeah, it's kind of the same. So that's what kind of led me to, to question it. So she started, regardless of the attention, she was, the anxiety was getting worse. So we, we started uh, seeing a, a child psychologist who specialized in, in school issues. And 
we didn't really get her testing because here, or so it was explained to me here in Ontario, the testing process is very like long and expensive. And since it was a mild case, like it, we weren't seeking medication or anything, mm-hmm. like it, they basically said, well, you can go through all these hoops and get her tested and get a diagnosis, or we can just start therapy now. And it's the same, like the therapy doesn't change with the, with the gotcha. official diagnosis, right? So they said, if you want medication, that's, you know, further down the road, but for now, this is what we would do anyhow. So, uh, so yeah, so she started working with, uh, with this psychologist kind of addressing both issues. And then around the same time, I kind of realized that all of these things that was happening to her happened to me as well. So then I started giving treatment for the ADD. It's the inattentive type. So ADD. So yeah, it was kind of funny. I had already kind of conquered my anxiety, so to speak. And then I was like, oh no, this is why things still aren't (laughs) Right. (laughs) I can relate. It was funny. Someone posted last week. I wish I remember who it was. It was like, um, when you, when you figure out you have ADD as an adult, it's like watching a complicated movie plot. And then that like little scene at the end where everything clicks, you know, you look back and you're like, oh man. <laughs> That's <laughs> why. But if it's not the hyperactive type, based on the research I've been doing, it often is undiagnosed, right? Especially if you don't struggle academically and if you're, you know, you're not climbing the walls and being disruptive, then you do kind of get kind of uh, slipped through the cracks. So, yeah, I definitely can see that. And I definitely can relate to you, Shauna. You know, I share with everybody that I was diagnosed last year at 45. And to your point, it is like that movie at the end of the movie where everything clicks. It's like, oh my God, that's why I acted that way in class and got in trouble for this. And, you know, this is why I, you know, did X, Y, or Z, but it just, for me, it was such a wonderful feeling to know, right? Yeah. How did you feel about it when you found out? Yeah, it was you- the same. Yeah. I found like the people I've talked to about it, they either get mad because they're right. like, oh, someone could have helped me 30 years ago. Right. Or they're like, oh, now it, it kind of takes a weight off your shoulders because you're yeah. kind of thinking, why am I still so scattered? Why am I still like, <laughs> why are things not just falling right. in the place? Why is this disorganization running up? But Yeah. Um, so for, it was the exact same for me. It was like, yeah, like the scene in the sixth sense where you find out Bruce Willis is dead, like, you know, spoiler yes. alert if you haven't seen that, but sorry, it's old. And, uh, it's like, oh yeah, this all clicks now. So yeah. Very and then, good. and it was kind of funny too. Like I went out working with my own, it's like, I think he's a, I don't even know if he's a psychologist or just a therapist, mm-hmm. there's different titles for everything up here. But I remember like every time you'd ask me a question, I'd be like, well, doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> like, what are normal? You? Like, don't you? And it's funny. I said, don't you? And he's like, yeah, but I have ADHD. That's why I do this. Yeah. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> no, everybody doesn't do that. That's like our thing. So anyways. Those too funny. So for your daughter, because I get this question all the time, what are some things that you did put in place for her? So you said, you know, she started with, treatment as far as therapy, but what other Mm -hmm. things helped her and what differences have you seen since then? In terms of nutrition or in terms of just what she in general, um, any type of strategies that were put in place to help her along after she was diagnosed or after after she started treatment? After she started. Yeah. Um, I got really, really, um, strict I don't know a better way to put it about like the routine okay and I got her very involved in the routine so okay. instead of like okay now we're going to do this every day I'd say you know you have to it's going to be a lot better if you do this at the same time every day so let me know when you want to practice piano mm-hmm. when you want to do homework because every day it was like oh I forgot I have homework and it's bedtime so yeah we got really organized with the routine not perfect but you know, and then I noticed um, that she was always writing, writing, writing. So I got her a whiteboard because I'm like, okay, there's paper everywhere. If you're writing, just like doing math, do it on this, please. Because, you know, that's a lot more organized and just, just, um, you know, we got her a new desk with the, what do you call it? Like, I guess a bookshelf kind of built okay. into it. 
yep. things. I'm just trying to focus on the organization because yes. that's where you get frustrated is I can't find this and I don't remember where this is. And yeah. And actually the she does she's doing um so cognitive behavioral therapy is what mm. the, the psychologist she works with does primarily. And that's actually helped a lot. Like, okay. Quite a, I just yeah, I just got her report card today and I was like, whoa. <laughs> she never struggled, but now she was like almost grade eight. So I was like, whoa, that's a pretty oh, big difference in a year. So yeah. That's awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. All right. So let's dive into the nutritionist piece. So you had talked about your holistic nutritionist, but what does that mean? Right. So holistic nutritionist, it's a little bit different from, um, we have dietitians here as well. I know you have dietitians down there. So up here, you can, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, but there's certain private schools, which only teach nutrition okay. where you can study. And then you become uh, like for us registered holistic nutritionist. There's another one. I forget what it's called. Something nutritional therapist or something like okay. this. Um, so yeah, so we, we study for a year. It's less clinical than a dietitian would do. Like we don't do, we don't do like internships in hospitals. Okay. So we're learning the same stuff about nutrition, about like how foods digested, you know, what foods made of all the vitamins, what they do, how much you need, et cetera. But it's a bit more natural. Like we, our teachers are almost all naturopathic doctors. Okay. And, you know, it's a, we also learn a lot more about um, like complementary therapies, like um, stress management and lifestyle techniques, where I don't think dietitians learn about that. I think it's a lot more food, almost all food. I know some who have gone on to do it themselves. Like mm -hmm. I have, I know people who are dietitians who do more, who do more holistic approach, but that's just of their own making. So, so yeah. So anyways, we, uh, we work with people to develop um, dietary changes, strategies to implement those changes, um, figuring out on a personal level, what they're capable of doing to okay. make changes. Um, you know, we learn about all the different conditions, things that can make them worse, common triggers for different conditions. Mainly we're working with people with chronic conditions that are not super serious. Like I wouldn't take on a patient who was terminal with cancer. Okay. But well, that's not my specialty anyway, but even, even if it right. were, um, but it's more, you know, chronic things like arthritis, um, weight management, uh, diabetes, like type two diabetes. Um, yeah, things like that. Mental health. Okay. So, yeah. So it's a bit of a different approach. I find we're actually do kind of the same thing as dietitians in private practice. I see. Um, and I have a friend who is, is a dietitian not currently practicing, but she basically said like, yeah, what it's you're very doing similar. what I do. <laughs> so gotcha. Yeah. But we do go to school. I just want to like clarify that because mm -hmm. people always say nutritionist, nutritionist is nothing, but I'm like, no, I actually did go to school and it's hard. <laughs> you said it was hard. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that makes sense. So how can kids nutrition tie to their into their ADHD. So how does it tie together? How is it? Yeah. Has it connected? Well, mm -hmm. um, like anything, the better, the better nourished you are, the better you're going to handle any condition that comes your way. Right. So a lot of the times it's about just balancing out things. So um, with kids, if they're not getting enough protein, for example, mm -hmm. which a lot of kids eat a really high carb diet, like a lot of bread and crackers and um, cereal, stuff like that. Right. And if they're not getting enough protein, um, there's two issues there. Like protein is what our body uses to make um, neurotransmitters like mm -hmm. uh, dopamine and serotonin, the little chemicals in the brain that are responsible for mood and attention and memory and all the things that they tend to be lower in ADHD. Um, so you want to make sure they're getting enough protein. Also, if you don't get enough protein, you can have a lot of blood sugar spikes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you eat a pasta dinner, your blood sugar spikes, you feel awesome for like an hour and then the inevitable, yeah. the lull comes. And if you're already struggling with, with mood stability and energy instability, those can be, um, those ups and downs can be tough. Mm -hmm. So trying to have everything kind of balanced and even, is a better idea. Um, 
And then the obvious, um, I you mentioned the most obvious one because most people know about it is the coloring, right? The avoiding of artificial coloring. I think even doctors say this now to kids um, or parents anyway of kids, right? To not, uh, to not use things with artificial coloring if possible because of the link to the, to the behavioral issues. So there's that. I find that's not, they don't really need me for that because there's so many alternatives now, which is great. I right. know when I was when I was a kid, there was only freezies, but now there's like all these fruit organic things with natural coloring that we can get. Um, the other thing is sometimes there are specific food triggers. So there's been studies done with elimination diets where it goes like really strict, like fine gold diet, I'm sure you've heard of, which is like, I don't even know. I think it's just like rice, vegetables, pears, and turkey or something like that. <laughs> like a really strict diet. Um, and a little controversial because they haven't yeah. been able to represent, um, they haven't been able to reproduce the results that Dr. Feingold said that he gotcha. got back in the day. Some people still swear by it. Like I, I know a naturopath who like everyone with ADHD, I recommend Feingold. Um, I like to look more for specific triggers. So I see a lot of people improve with, uh, with cutting out gluten and cutting out dairy and sometimes soy, but the two big ones are gluten and dairy. And I think, and a lot of natural health practitioners, I know, think that it might have more to do even with digestion than with it being like a specific trigger, like yeah. something in gluten is, you know, sending my brain into a different, a different mood. Um, like those are both things that are notoriously hard to digest. Like if you have digestive issues right away, we say try cutting out gluten and or dairy or cutting back. And uh, we know now that when something is hard on digestion, it can adversely affect mental health. Um, there's a book. I don't know if you've heard of the mind gut connection. Mm -hmm. by, I never heard of that. Um, I think you pronounce his name, Amarin Meyer or Emerin Meyer. It's fairly new maybe a year or two old, but yeah, he explains like he's a, it's a very heavy, like sciencey book, but it explains really well how like we don't just like stress doesn't just give us a stomach ache, but digestive problems can actually like the communication can go up as well. Mm -hmm. So if your stomach, your digestion's off, that can really adversely affect it. And it's interesting now that I know that like every single person I know with some sort of mental health issue has stomach has some sort of digestive issue yeah. not as I don't see it all the time in kids but adults for sure if it's someone who's been depressed a lot someone who's been anxious a lot all, and myself I had horrible digestive issues all through my uh, like early adulthood I would say into from like 18 to 30 until I started looking and studying nutrition and fixed myself but <laughs> 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 nobody else could do it <laughs> It's too funny. You know, it's really interesting, uh, Shauna, to hear you because my digestion has always been off and horrible. And I've been to the doctors constantly for that specific issue. And to your point, there's certain things, depending on where it was in my life and what was going on at that moment, would determine what the doctor would recommend for me. And right. what was interesting, I got a book, I forgot what it's called. I want to say like Paracomb prescription or something like that, but it's just about eating natural, more healthy type yeah. foods, bottom line. <laughs> and I did see a huge difference. I, it wasn't just how I felt. It was just, you know, it, it felt like the cloudiness was not yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, obviously I did not really connect the two, the mind gut yeah. type thing, but I do remember how I felt overall and so i think what you say is is very interesting yeah like oftentimes um so i'll get the parents to you know keep a food journal and symptom journal and mm -hmm. say like okay well what did they eat this day and on a really bad day like we try and look what did they eat this day and if they can't find a connection i'll say well like try tracking their digestion and say like you know maybe this week little joey was super constipated and little joey had like a whole ton of cheese or something. Right, right. <laughs> then I say, okay, well, that might be causing digestive issues. So that also might be interfering with the mental health. Mm -hmm. So if you can't find something that's triggering the mood or the attention in particular, look towards the digestion and it's probably affecting it as well. And then you can try Different tinkering things. with that. Yeah. It's like a mad scientist in a, in a lab. 
Yeah, that is really interesting. So how does a parent encourage their child to actually choose healthy items? So like I have two sides, right? I have my son who actually chooses the fruits and he loves fruits, not so much the vegetables, but he still loves this candy, but he doesn't eat like the whole thing, right? He literally would get a candy bar and maybe eat a quarter of it and would be done. And then there's my daughter who would eat just pizza every day if she could. (laughs) So how do you, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So how do you talk to them or how do you encourage children to start that process? Because one thing I don't want to do is like hounded on them where when they Mm -hmm. leave my household, they just say, I'm absolutely not doing that. I just want to encourage them. How do you, how do you help parents do that? Yeah, that's a good question, actually, and hilarious because my two kids are exactly the same. (laughs) Thank God the one with the attention issues is the one who eats healthier, as my little one will just literally eat till she's like, stomach out like sand. (laughs) Yeah, so it's really, it comes down to, yeah, don't don't be the the hovering crazy person, (laughs) crazy vegetable person. Um, It really comes down to exposure. So... I would never say to somebody, um, you know, usually you're eating pizza for dinner. Okay, well, tomorrow I'll give your kid a kale salad. And if they don't eat it, they're hungry. Like, that's not a good way to do things. Um, so exposing them to more food and, and slowly doing it. And I'll explain these each. And always pairing it with something you know they like. Okay. So, for example, if they eat pizza every day or every whatever day of the week you're eating pizza, um, maybe you can pair it with something on the side, like carrot sticks or celery sticks mm-hmm. and dip or something like this, you know, like try and make the meal a bit more balanced, but make sure there's something there that, you know, they'll eat so that they're not starving and then, you know, getting really mad with you and never wanting to eat vegetables again. But yeah, and then just the repeated exposure, that's really the number one thing. And I, I, I did I write a blog? I think I have a blog on my website about this too. Um, that's familiarity and people kind of think, well, if someone says no to a food, then they don't like it. Um, but it does take quite a few times sometimes for a kid. I've literally tried like 20 times with my kids with certain foods and then suddenly they like it, Mm. or at least they think it's okay. Right. They like it enough that they'll have a bit of dinner. So it's just about keeping them exposed to new foods, to healthier foods. And if they say, no, I don't like it, then say, okay, fine. Then just leave it or just, you know, sniff it or something. Just have them being more exposed to it. And it's the same with adults. People kind of think kids are picky. Like think I I like to use the, the analogy, like when sushi first became a big thing here in like the eighties and nineties, right? Everyone was horrified. They were like, oh my God, there's people that eat raw fish and this is so disgusting. We're all going to die of it. Meanwhile, people in Japan have been like 150 years. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny crowded island. Um, And yeah, it's the same thing. And then what happened? Sushi popped up everywhere. And now everybody, if you don't eat sushi, you're kind of like, you know, country folk. You're like not, not normal um, and it's the same thing, just whatever is around you all the time, but that's what you're going to eat. Like when I, I used to give my kids, well, I still do when they were really young, one of their first meals, like mixed meals was curry. And my mom was like, who, who, what kind of baby eats curry? And I'm like, every baby in India. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> whatever babies are given like curry every day, you know? So it is just about repeated exposure, familiarity, and not freaking out. Like it takes two to tango. So if your kid like throws whatever you give them, I don't know, like a broccoli at the wall, don't, you know, don't yell at them or throw it back to them. So just say, you know what? And that's, that's not a very polite thing to do with food. You can just say, no, you can just leave it on your plate. Like there's no need don't engage because that's just going to make more resistance. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's there, right? The, the healthy food isn't the gross food. It isn't the like punishment food. It's just there. It's just part of the day-to-day. Right. Like, you can't do it all at once. It's just, it doesn't work. Sometimes I encounter somebody who wants to do a full like overhaul and I'm like, 
good luck with that. Good luck. It doesn't work. Actually, when I was having severe digestive issues, I went to see this uh, natural. I went to see a nat naturopath and a nutritionist. And this was years ago. And this actually like convinced me to become a nutritionist. Both of them gave me this enormous list of things to avoid. And it was like everything. It was like I had one of those food sensitivity tests done, which yeah. I don't recommend because if you if that thing lights up, that just means your digestive mess digestion is messed up. Like mm. all that means is that you can't digest those things. You're not allergic to all those foods. So anyways, I got this list of about it was literally about 40 foods to avoid. It was like um, gluten, milk, um, various vegetables and fruits, almost yep. every nut, half the seeds known to man. I don't even remember. And I tried it for like an hour because I went to the grocery store and I literally couldn't buy anything at the grocery store. Yeah. Like, meat is like meat and vegetables and not even all vegetables and certain fruits. And I was so angry. And then the exact same thing happened to me with a nutritionist. She gave me this crazy meal plan. And I was like, I don't even know what half this stuff is. It's like, oh, it's good for your, uh, what did you call it? Like, I don't even remember. Good for the gallbladder to produce something. I don't even know. Like it didn't, now as a nutritionist, it didn't even make sense. And <laughs> it was the same thing. I looked at it. I started making a grocery list. And I was like, no, I can't do this. Like I had a baby. I didn't have time to like do an overhaul. It just... It doesn't work. I never do that. It's it's always one or two changes at a time sure. based on what you can do. You you like the parents know better than I do what they can do and what mm -hmm. and exactly what they can do. Like, do you, you know, I had a client not too long ago who was like, I said, well, can we start with, um, you know, replacing this breakfast? I forget what it was with something healthier. And she's like, no, breakfast is chaotic. That's the worst time of day. I'm not touching breakfast. And I said, perfect. Where, where do you want to go? Right. <laughs> what do you want to try mm -hmm. and tweak then? It's like, okay, well, I have a lot of time to cook dinner, so we'll try dinner. So that's great. Whatever they can do and however they can do it is most important. And okay. then they just become habitual, right? You try and change everything all at once. That's, right. that's a tough, that's a tough habit to, to develop, but, you know, making one change is usually it's doable, you know? if you have the motivation, if you have the right. support too. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like from what you're saying, you don't have to get rid of all of the fun foods, right? You can oh, no. balance them. <laughs> yeah. It would be weird. <laughs> yes. We talk about restriction all the time, right? And then restriction tends to get, get us in trouble. So, yeah. but yeah, it does sound like that. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it. Everybody needs, like, who wants to live a life without treats? I mean, right. even, you know, I don't even know, like, I eat treats. Oh, I don't want to say all the time because I don't eat treats all the time, but I do eat treats every week at least. And my kids eat a little treat almost every day. Like, it's not a massive king size Twix bar, right. but, you know, they just had a cookie right now from freezer. Like, it's just not realistic in our society. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get offered a treat almost every day. <laughs> Maybe not now because it's COVID times because right, right. a lot of things are still shut down. But like but every work? day, yeah, you go to an office, there's donuts, right? You go to someone's house, they put out a tray of cookies. You go to, you know, the Costco and there's samples. Like it's, yeah. the treats are everywhere. So like if every time you eat a treat, you're going to be beating yourself up and feeling like a jerk, like a huge failure because you ate a cookie. That's a rough life. And the stress is going to do more harm than the actual treat. Like the stress that you're constantly like, oh, I'm such a loser. Like I, I couldn't even say no to a cookie. It's like, who cares? It's a cookie. Like, <laughs> right. right. So I always focus more on adding stuff than taking away. And if you focus more on adding things in, adding more nutrient dense food in is the goal. The goal is always like to eat the most nutrients per day, right? Not to cut the most junk out. It's more like adding stuff in because you're not going to eat a whole bunch of junk if you're eating nutritious food. Like if you're adding more and more fruits and vegetables, well, most people are going to get full like from the fruits and vegetables, then they're not going to eat as many cookies. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. 
I don't know if that makes sense, but. (laughs) But also, you know, for me, when I have those days when I eat fruit and I have like strawberries and pineapples and blueberries, you know, and grapes in my refrigerator. And when I eat those, it's almost like I don't need to eat the sugar because I just filled my taste buds with a lot of sweet and healthy sweets. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are like that with fruit too. And like fruit can be a dessert. Um, Like a a huge thing I tell people all the time is, you know, you know, they'll say, Oh, I feel so bad because I give my kid dessert every night. Like we either have cake or a Danish or something every night. And I'm like, okay, we'll pick a couple nights maybe where you give them like um, berries with whipped cream. Yes. Like right. that's a good treat, right? Yes. That's, that's a lot of nutrients and not a ton of sugar. Right. And that's great, you know, or like chocolate covered fruit, you know, strawberries or even like apples dipped in chocolate, orange, like anything kids just like dipping stuff in chocolate. Right. Mm-hmm. So anything like that. So then you're adding a healthier option and then you're not going to go after that and eat a second dessert. Probably. I don't know. Maybe some people would, but most people are probably not going to do that if, right. if they're trying to make positive changes. Like, that makes sense. So we talked about a parent trying to get their child to go cold turkey. So you had already said, <laughs> absolutely not. Do not recommend that. No. That would be the no. absolutely wrong way to go. Right. And yeah. And it would be a nightmare. Like, can you imagine living with a kid after you took away all their favorite foods? <laughs> like, I mean, I can see, you know, the one exception would be like if everything they ate had peanuts and they got diagnosed with an anaphylactic peanut right. allergy, then yeah, <laughs> there's no option there right. unless you're going to stand there with an EpiPen all the day. whole time. Yep. Yeah. Like that, yeah. but literally like that's the only exception I can think of, of, you know, if you were deathly allergic to everything you were eating, but there's no need. Like I always say, like, do the, do the minimum we're as humans, we're kind of programmed to do the minimum work that we need to, to get a good result. Right. Like, why would you, why would you take it from me? I've tried all these all in one diets, like so many times you can't sustain them. And then when you break the diet, you feel like an idiot and you feel like a failure and you're like no further ahead. So mm. you're further behind because you feel like a failure. Right. Yeah, and that's true. Kind of, kind of yeah. That's true. So for like lunches, um, because by the time this video posts, we're going to be getting into the school year. So like lunches, what type of things do you suggest that people put in their children's lunch to balance that? So a little fun and still be nutritious. Yeah. So I don't know if you, do you ever use bento boxes? I don't know how old your kids are. No, I don't even know what bento boxes are. Oh, I wish I had known. I would have brought one. I don't know where they are in the house right now because they did. <laughs> We've been locked out of school since Easter here in Ontario. So That's true. For a long time, but um, it's like a little. Um, it look, it looks like a lunchbox. It's got little compartments in it. Oh, it's got okay. Like five or six. Yeah, Makes sense. Called, maybe they're not called bento boxes everywhere. Yeah, I don't know what they're called, but yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They have the little compartments, so those are great because some of them are even labeled like protein. Nice. Well, some, sometimes they're labeled weirdly, like dairy, and like that. Don't eat dairy, but. But yeah, so I, I say, you know, in a in a box like that, it's perfect to try and put like two um, protein sources if you can. Usually they have five components and then a little one for dessert in the middle. So, you know, try and pick two proteins. So that could be like, you know, cheese if you eat cheese or yogurt or um, seed. I know most schools up here don't know why you bring nuts, but ugh, it's yeah. very annoying because I love nuts and I love giving my kids nuts or you know, like a sandwich with meat of some sort on it or, or some kind of seed or nut butter, chickpeas, beans. Some kids will just eat, one of my kids will just eat like beans in a, in a container, like black beans or chickpeas or something, hummus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can add some pita or some uh, like veggies on the side for dipping. And then the other three parts, you can, you know, focus more on the carbs. So fruits, veggies, crackers, you know, flatbreads, whatever. Or they could, if they bring hot stuff, I know some kids do like, I don't meet very many of them, but I know some kids do like, like a hot meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just try and make sure it's not a overly carby, like just pasta, for example, like mm-hmm. give them pasta, that's fine, but throw something in there, throw, make sure it's got like a meat sauce or, you know, beans or chickpeas or lentils or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever protein they like, or else make sure on the side you've given them something maybe yogurt or 
or cheese or something, trail mix, something mm-hmm. that's going to um, fill them up and keep them from getting those sugar spikes. Or you can use, so some people don't like it, myself included, but there are pastas made of lentils and chickpeas now. Oh, really? That you can get, yes. And some people, quite a few people that I work with really like them. And the lentil one is better than the chickpea one, in my opinion, but they're really high in protein. Like they're almost as high as just eating, you know, like chickpeas or beans. So you can do that too. I did write a blog and I listed them all on there. Granola has a lot of protein usually. Yeah. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's the bottom line is there's plenty of options. You just have to take them. Yeah. 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 Try and yeah, try and mix it up so they don't get bored. I know that's the big thing with my kids, but don't mix it up too much because then they expect a new thing every single day. And it's like, "Mm, I'm not a restaurant. You're not getting (laughs) a new thing every day. So (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. All right. So I think you, mentioned this, but we talked about children in general, the rules of, or the options that you had mentioned for packing children's foods. Was that pretty much children with ADHD or is there something different that should be packed for them? Oh, like in a lunch? Mm-hmm. Is that pretty no, much the I, same? Okay. Yeah, not really. I mean, I would just avoid the colored things, you know, okay. sometimes people give their kids little juvie things and they don't, um, know that they have the coloring in them. There's a lot of options now, like, um, I'm not going to remember the name of it. Yum Earth, is it? Mm-hmm. That has the food coloring free gummy things. Um, yeah, I would just, yeah, like there's not specific things I recommend for ADHD. It's more about a balance and okay. trying to keep things balanced. I mean, there's a, there's a link that people with ADHD have lower levels of omega threes. Yeah. But you, you know, unless your kid wants to bring a can of sardines to lunch, that would probably not be, be smelly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, so like fish, like fatty fish, like sardines and salmon is great for omegas, um, but probably not ideal in a lunch. I don't know. Some kids bring a salmon sandwich, I guess. And yeah, a lot of people just don't eat enough omegas anyway, and they end up yeah. taking a supplement. You could do um, chia pudding that's got some omega-3 in it too, if they like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't really say there's like, this is the food you must be eating when you have ADHD. That's kind okay. of So just a pretty much a balanced meal and then watch certain types of dyes, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay that makes sense. So as far as the parents, once they really start to get their children on a nutritional path, what changes do parents see? What have they told you? A lot of the time I get told the sleep improves um, quite a bit just because balanced diet is good for sleep, right? Sleep improvements. um, A lot of the times the mood tends to balance out. So it's not as much, um, you know, I'm mad and then I'm happy. Um, You know, like a lot of kids with ADHD are quick to quick to anger. Mm -hmm. Um, At least, at least the ones I've seen. (laughs) Um, So there's more of that. And then depending on how far things go, I do see people you know, reporting more focus and everything's kind of connected, right? If they're, if everything's more balanced, then they're going to sleep better. They're going to focus better if they're sleeping better. Um, the energy level is not so up and down, right? Like if, if their blood sugar is stable, they're going to be less inclined Mm -hmm. to be jumping up and down everywhere. It's a little bit of everything I would say. Um, yeah, like in terms of symptoms, but I do hear a lot of people saying sleep improves um, quite a bit. So okay. I think that might be why other things improve. <laughs> right, right. And digestion yeah. improves. If there is some digestive problem and they say, oh yeah, and they don't get heartburn every day anymore. That's another topic altogether, heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Another one of my herbs is like all these people being medicated for heartburns, like did the doctor tell you to change your diet at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things out there that can cause it. So, yeah. It's really interesting to listen. I mean, this, this whole topic is 
the way that I grew up, I was very blessed to be in a household where those type of things, that type of direction actually happened. So my mom always balanced the meals. If we had some fun foods, like you said, we may had broccoli or carrots to go with it. Um, she was about making sure that we also balanced, you know, having chips here, but then the rest of it would be healthy. So yeah. I'm very conscious about eating healthier. Doesn't mean I do it all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> there are weeks where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go eat out. And I know this is horrible, but overall, I was very blessed for that. So I can understand the struggle though, as I got older and got busier and, you know, lost a lot of hours in the day and having to yeah. quickly fix something for my children. Sometimes I forget not to eat, but to forget to eat healthy for myself. Yeah. So I can understand the struggle that people can go through trying to make sure they have that nutritionist meal. So are yeah. there any um, types of, I don't know if you know any websites or is there any information out there that can help them maybe find quick ways to prepare meals. I know I didn't prepare you for this question, but I was just thinking about that. Like that sometimes there is like, you know, really short recipes that you can prepare pretty quickly to make sure you're still on a healthy, yeah. on a healthy path. Um, I don't know of any websites in particular for quick meals. Mm -hmm. um, like quick, you can, there's often now at grocery stores, there are pretty good options in the like most grocery stores here anyhow have like a prepared area. Yes, you can get like true. a whole chicken, right? Mm -hmm, like a, mm -hmm. a roast chicken. That's a pretty healthy option. Yes. And then you just grab frozen vegetables. You know, usually there's some kind of rice or something available in that prepared area as well. And luckily, yeah, there are people like, um, what do you call it? Companies keep on coming up with things that are kind of healthier, right? Um, I actually, I don't eat it. I actually, personally, I love cooking, though it's That's always good. hard for me to like, research the frozen things because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to yeah. do this. I want to cook it myself. But, but yeah, there are, I would say like that, that section and you can find like sushi there. Speaking of sushi, you can find that there usually. Um, just, yeah, something, even something simple, like a, like a tuna sandwich, right? Yeah. Like people are kind of like, oh, who has sandwiches for dinner? Lots of people have sandwiches for dinner, right? It's, it's perfectly fine dinner, <laughs> right? Those salads. Now they have those salads in a bag. Those are actually good now, right? Like when I was a kid, a salad in a bag was pretty gross, but yeah. now they actually have like really good salad in bags. Um, yeah, just doing stuff like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that and, and there's nothing wrong with eating, you know, not so great food once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, so like for me, if I don't want to cook, there's still a lot of raw vegetables that they like. So like mm -hmm. the carrots and like cucumbers, um, you know, there's things that I can, so I'll have some vegetables Oh, in a salad. They do enjoy salads. Yeah. So I'll put a salad together and then maybe and put some fruit, you know, on the side there and then plop either. Like I said, it could be nutritionist or it could be not nutritious, <laughs> um, you know, the protein, but to your point, there's just so many things you can do yeah. Again, it's just getting used to preparing that way, but there are so many yeah. little quick things that you can do. So even now the, uh, the vegetable, you can get like the pre-cut vegetables yeah. now at the grocery store with the dip, you can get like the big tray or you can get yeah. those mini, um, yeah, like people are really getting, I feel like the tides are turning. Like we went pretty downhill nutrition wise for the past maybe 20 years or so. <laughs> now things are kind of, yeah. people are kind of realizing, wait a minute, this isn't so good. So a lot of new companies are coming out with healthier choices and yeah, like cereal. Oh my gosh. Like there's so many good cereals out there now, even just switching cereal brands can make a huge difference to a kid because if their cereal is really high sugar, low vitamins in the morning and they switch to a really great one, then, you know, that could keep Makes their mood stable for, for quite a long time. So yeah, there's always things. It's just step-by-step. One step at a time. And it's like, like when you're doing anything, right? When you're learning to drive, you didn't just like take off and go on the highway, right? Right. You'd be dead probably. I would have been. I ended up like this for so much. I didn't drive a car. <laughs> not an actually good driver. But it's the same with everything. Like you start a little bit at a time. And I don't know why people, they think that food is different, like from any other skill yeah. than, you know, learning a language. You don't go and like, 
just go, well, some people do actually, um, you know, like usually you start with a few words and then a sentence and then maybe right. a paragraph or two, and then you can watch a movie in that language. Like it's, it's a step-by-step process. And for some reason people think it's food. I could just do it all at once. And I'm like, no, you can't. It's no. a skill. Like healthy eating is a skill. It really is. We're not taught it anymore. Right. Kids don't right. take home back anymore. And, and the nutrition that they're given, at least up here is the knowledge is great. So it's, you just have to, yeah. Yeah. Keep and you have to just learn what you appreciate, what tastes good to you. So yeah, that takes time too, right? Yeah. And it, yeah, sometimes it takes time to get used to something. And then you'll find eventually that you don't like the more processed stuff anymore. Like, right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't eat um, like candy anymore. Like Halloween candy. It's mm. the magic is gone now because I'm always making my own desserts now. And I'm used to oh, those. Nice you know, more natural flavors. And then the kids bring home candy and I'm like, this is, <laughs> this that is really interesting. That's really interesting, Shauna. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to share with the audience, share with the parents, anything we didn't touch or any type of summary, any last thoughts? I don't know. Too, too. I didn't look at them at all. So You're fine. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just about um, the parents in general. Like I find um, a lot of parents now we've kind of given all the power to other people. So I find they like, but the best part about my job is like, I don't really see the kids, right. I'm not, kids don't come to the meetings with me and sit on the zoom call and take notes. Right. Like I'm talking to moms usually. So I don't really see the changes in the kids. They tell me about it. But the best thing is when I see like the parent get that little, like, bit of confidence back right they kind of light up because they're like yeah I did that and it worked like I actually am able to do something to help my kid with this which I think it's like it's it's great but it's sad it's sad that we've come to this point where now we get this diagnosis we go to the doctor and we think that's it like I just have to do what the doctor says but the doctor only knows how to prescribe medicine and might refer you to someone else maybe I don't know like up here it's hit and miss with doctor. I have an awesome doctor. If you're watching Dr. Pound, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but other people are not so lucky, right? Their doctor's just really dismissive of the whole thing. And then I find the moms, they go on social media and they either get completely overwhelmed or like bossed around by other moms who say like, well, you have to cut out all these preservatives or else, right. you know, what do you expect is going to happen, stupid? Right. Or you get, um, like full on shamed. I've seen people in like ADD support groups, like yes. full on attacking moms for yes. asking questions or like doing some, I don't know, doing some like minor, let's say infraction, but right. like some like, right. it's not really recommended. And I'm like, come on, like we're all doing our best. So I just try and, you know, let people know that, you know, when you're a parent, you always are able to do something to help your kid. You know, maybe it's not, a huge gigantic thing that's going to turn everything around. You're not going to cure them with, you know, broccoli, but there's always something you can do. And yeah, don't let people boss you around and tell you, you know, find, do the research or work with a natural health person like me or some naturopath or something. Like there's people out there to help you and guide you. And it's more like they do it, right? Like with a doctor, they give you medicine. That's not really you doing it, but with you know, like with my clients, the parents are doing the work. Right. I'm giving you advice. I'm giving you guidance, but you actually have to do it. You actually have to do something. Yeah. And it's great. They, they light up and they're like, yeah, this wasn't even that bad. I was able to do it. And now, you know, little Gracie is doing well. I'm like, yeah, great. You're a mom. That's You can absolutely take care of your child because you're a mom. And that's our job. And yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I really like what you're saying. I mean, through this whole interview, there's a couple of things that I pick up. Number one, what you're saying is not crazy, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about balancing meals. You're talking about avoiding certain things that could hurt that particular child, be it dyes. You had talked about nuts, but that's more of an allergy mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. You talked about, no, don't try to go cold turkey and just think that's going to work and help you know, move your kid from this, uh, I'll call it fun diet 
to a completely nutritional, you know, and don't get me wrong to your point. Eventually a lot of the foods that you eat natural foods. Oh my goodness. Like you said, having Mm -hmm. some fruit with a little whipped cream that can be Mm -hmm. so wonderful once you train those taste buds, but going from junk food and then to nutritious food, cold turkey, not going to work. So I really just like the overall, what you're saying, you know, from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I try and be the same choice. I was going to make that my slogan. And then I thought it was super weird. <laughs> the same choice. That is too funny. <laughs> the word saying offensive now. I don't know. <laughs> right. So is there any type of uh, resources that you can recommend, be it books, podcasts, or anything that people can tune into? You know, I don't really listen to a lot of, I listen to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I do a lot of the, I look at stuff on Instagram, but, and the books I read are really like nerdy science books. So like the mind gut connection is good. I I do a lot of PubMed research, which I don't know if you know what PubMed is. It's like yeah. a, it's like a search engine for research articles. Oh, like okay. You can look up, you know, research on a certain, on a certain topic. I like attitude that, uh, that website, cause they tend to condense everything in blog form and they tend to be also not extreme. Like they don't, you know, push their weird extreme agenda on anybody, you know? So yeah, those are the ones that I use. Okay. Yeah, I that's like good. Um, and if they have any more questions for you, Shauna, how can people get a hold of you? And, you know, what's your handles on, or what's your handle on Instagram? What's your website? Yeah. All of that. It's um, at Shauna Hughes Nutrition. Shauna is spelled with a W. And then my website's just shaunahughesnutrition.com. Yeah. Awesome. On Facebook and Instagram, and that's it. And the website. And I have a Facebook group actually that I just started. So, you know, come and on. What's over the to Facebook that. group? Um, you can just get to it on my website. If you okay. go to usenutrition.com, there's a there's a thing in the menu to get to there if you want. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you, Shauna. This was really good. This is really good. And this is just, like I said, in line with what I'm trying to educate the parents with. I mean, and nutrition, like I said, it's, it's always been important to me. That's just the yeah. way that I grew up. So I'm, I'm really thank you for your information. It was good. No problem. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. That concludes another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Everyone have a great day. Bye, Shauna. Bye, thanks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.